This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. But when the president talks about how important it is for uh, manufacturers of food, processed and non-processed, to pass along the kind of savings that they're seeing as inflation comes down to their customers, uh, he really means it. This is very important. Their profit margins are still highly elevated, and uh, you know they're using a level of pricing power uh, that you know may have made sense to them at one point. But at this point, since they themselves are realizing savings as costs come down, they need to start passing those savings forward uh, to uh, consumers and the president. And we'll continue to call them out if we don't see it. I keep hearing, you know, anytime there's a no, an economic number that's reported that is especially individually a positive number, it's not often presented in the context of what the American people are actually experiencing, at least not from a factual basis. Brett, everybody always has a political take on every... That's what po- politics is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You listen to, like, so... It was like this with Trump, too, but specifically Joe Biden. Good numbers come out. Hey, look what I did. Uh, my my economy is working strong for the American people, building it up from the what is it? The middle, uh, the bottom up and the middle out or mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, but then when something goes bad, well, it's those big evil corporations that are, you know, price gouging the American people. It's not my fault that that the prices aren't coming down and like. I don't know when you when you're when when President Biden identifies a problem that America identifies. And weirdly, with this administration, the noise has to grow to a volume that even they can't avoid. Yeah. That. okay, we identify the problem and it immediately becomes. A one priority to make sure that we establish blame. Mm hmm. And. Truthfully, and I, I mean, a lot of people are accusing Donald Trump of doing the same thing regarding the border issue to, to keep a problem alive to the election so that Donald Trump can, can continue to campaign on on the idea that the border is unsecure. That is that is so laughable to think that there is a voter out there that is so stupid to think that Joe Biden doesn't wear this squarely on the chin. 
what he's doing to our country on the southern border. Yeah, that, that Donald Trump is going to get what seven and a half months or eight months or whatever it is, uh, if if the if the House were to go pass the Ukraine Israel priority bill, that's what the Democrats say is the priority is yeah. Ukraine and is uh, uh, Israel. We've got a southern border. We're bleeding people into this country. Uh, we've got the Georgia girl who was murdered by an, an illegal immigrant. The story is becoming more familiar each and every awful time that it occurs. And in the midst of it, we're degrading ourselves from the inside out. It's horrific. And from where I sit, this administration's only concern is that you know who to blame. Nobody's buying it. Nobody's going to look at what Donald Trump had going, what Joe Biden immediately did, among other things, on day one of his administration to undo what had been done to the border. Joe Biden's border policy is what did Trump do? We're going to not do that. We're going to do something else. It's the same thing with the economy, with inflation, with how people live and their experiences. We're going to get uh, Steve Moore on here in just a second. But I wanted to read. I was looking through Walt Disney Company's uh, SEC filing. This is a super nerdy thing for me to do, and I'm way out ahead of my skis. But this is interesting to me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I get to talk to Steve Moore. I'm going to ask him about this. There's a section called risk factors that comes out in this SEC filing. And the first thing that they list here is declines in economic conditions such as recession, economic downturn, or inflationary conditions in the United States and other regions of the world in which we do business or failure of these conditions to improve as anticipated typically adversely affect demand or expenses. It goes on to talk about how the economy has not put them in a position to feel confident about what's going forward. And then they go on there and say recent inflationary conditions increased certain of our costs, the certain economic conditions could also have the effect of reducing attendance at our parks and resorts, prices and uh, cable programming purchases. And it just goes on to list all these things where costs are going up and up and up. And everyday Americans who want to go ride Dumbo at Walt Disney World probably can't afford to do it the way they did before. That's real life. And that's what Walt Disney is saying to you if you're thinking about investing in them. I want to ask my friend Steve Moore, who's here. He's a distinguished fellow in economics at the Heritage Foundation, a Trump economic advisor as well. Steve, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. Hi, Annie. Good to be with you. I was just listening to you. I agree with everything you said, so you're spot on correct. Yes, I'm actually very excited to hear you say that just personally, because <laughs> I don't I've, I've started to try to individually buy stock about a year ago. And I didn't know what I was doing and I wanted to be more educated about it. So I thought, well, I'll just try it. And one of the things I did was buy some stock of the Walt Disney Company because it had tanked so bad. What does it mean when you see a company come out here, a very woke company, a company that is very has made some really, really terrible decisions, especially in the last year, when they're saying, hey, listen, people can't afford to spend money the way they used to. That, that to me is not a political statement. It's just a factual one. Well, it is a factual statement because the average American uh, family is about $2,000 poorer today than when uh, Trump left office. So this has not been a, uh, you know, a, a, a good recovery for most Americans. That's why people are angry. And that's why people, you know, two thirds of Americans say the economy's headed in the wrong direction because they, they can't pay their bills. And so, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Lately, I think Disney has been... You know, when I was growing up, it was the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights, and we'd all huddle on the TV and, you know, watch these wholesome pro-family, uh, you know, uh, children's movies and stuff. And now it's gone completely woke, and I'm sort of disgusted. I think that Walt mm. Disney is probably turning over in his grave to yes. see what's happened to his empire. Um, and, and you know, it's just it's 
I don't want to watch these shows for political statements. You know, <laughs> I just I want to I just want to be entertained, and I want some things that are you know enriching to my kids. There, there is another part. This is really this is why I started doing this investing thing because I it makes me pay more attention to things I wouldn't be exposed to otherwise. Um, they also go into this SEC filing and they start talking about uh, invest like it, where they look to face where, where they look to create content. Um, they've noticed that how they choose to prioritize what they want to say with the content they're creating may not be popular with the general public. And I thought, does this mean they're getting the message? Because they have hurt their cause so much. I mean, in America, if you don't listen to what the people want, the people don't buy it, and it's on you to change what you're doing. Does, does that type of thing politically influence big companies like Walt Disney, do you think? Well, you know, all you have to do is look at the biggest story in corporate America in 2023, which was the Bud Light fiasco when they hired some 25-year-old hotshot out of I don't know, Harvard Business School yeah. who's supposed to be a genius marketer. And she puts out this, you know, uh, this ad that many people thought, felt was offensive and it was kind of insulting to the average, you know, Bud Light uh, drinker. They lost, lost touch with their audience and they lost $30 billion because people said, I'm not going to... You know, I'm not going to, uh, um, you know, engage in a, in a business with a company that is, you know, um, against the values that I believe in. And so this is happening all the time right now. And I think finally, by the way, I think there's such a big backlash against this. Uh, I, by the way, what happened with Bud Light really woke up corporate America. It was all like, oh, my God, I don't want to see that happen to my you know, business and my products. So I do think there's a backlash. I think companies are starting to be more attentive to the fact, hey, you know, there's more conservatives than there are progressives in this country. We outnumber them. We, maybe we don't rattle the cages as much as they do, but we're out there and we have purchasing power and you better pay attention to us or we're not going to buy your products and we're going to put you in bankruptcy. Yeah, I, I'm reading here. It says further consumers perceptions of our position on matters of public interest, including our efforts to achieve certain of our environmental and social go goals often differ widely and present <laughs> risks to our reputation and brands. This is from Disney itself. Now, this is the Disney, is this their annual report, or yeah. what are you reading it's from? It's the SEC 10K, did I say yeah, that right? right? Yeah, I think I've seen that, and it's, it's quite, uh, I mean, I'm glad you're reading from it, because they're admitting that yes. they've lost touch with their customer. They're admitting that they've lost touch with, you know, the, the people who've um, been, you know, long-time supporters of Disney and buying their products. And uh, I just, you know, I, but they're still doing it. That's the thing. I mean, that, you know, they're making Snow White. You know, uh, they're making a remake of that. And They've it's like changed it. the Pr Prince Charming is really a villain and he's a sex fiend and, you know, this kind of thing. And how dare he kiss Snow White? <laughs> you know, I, What's your? What is Without your? Without her approval, yeah. he would still be in sleeping in a deep sleep. <laughs> well, sometimes maybe that's the alternative that some of these crazy people uh, would prefer. Yeah, what do you? What is your advice as somebody who studies the economy in a really, really close, impactful way? What is it that in America consumers can do to affect the outcome of content Disney produces or how Bud Light chooses to advertise their brand? Like, what is your advice to consumers? How do they use your voice um, effectively? Well, you know, it's interesting because there's a big controversy about boycotts, but I'm very much in favor of boycotts. I mean, if a if a company doesn't share your values, you 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 know you you have you don't just have a vote at the ballot the ballot box um, 
Danny, you have a boat every time you go out and buy things. Right. And, you know, like, you know, I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream, but yeah. a lot of times I won't buy it because I don't <laughs> like their politics. Now, sometimes I'll cave in and get the chunky monkey. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I try to vo- voice, I mean, your dollars count. You have, a, you have a vote with your dollars. Be a discerning shopper. And now, there are some companies that I find just so outrageous that I won't, I just simply will not buy their products. And uh, that's a great thing. Look, it's a free country, right? Mm-hmm. You, you if you want to buy the stuff and you like that, what they're talking about, um, that's fine. Uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, not going to su- subsidize and patronize um, companies that are assaulting my values. If they've got two girls kissing on the screen, you know, I'm going to turn it off. I'm sorry. Well, you know, it goes both ways, too, because there are lots of ways to support companies where maybe you would go out of your way to go That's shop true. at a certain store or to buy a certain product or use a certain service because you truly do care what they stand for. So it is. So a- let me give you let sure. me give you an example, a concrete example. So it's because it's t- it's timely, too. So in our hotline today, uh, and I hope everybody's getting our committee to unleash prosperity hotline, just go to committee to unleash prosperity dot com and get it for free every morning. But we have an item on the AARP. You know, that's the um, senior citizen group. Well, they don't really represent seniors. They're representing big health insurers right now. And so, you know, I said at the end of this piece about how awful AARP is, and I bet a lot of your listeners are members of AARP, mm. stop be- give- paying membership to AARP. And we have other, you know, I don't know if you've heard of um, AMAC and some of these other senior groups that actually are conservative. So get out of AARP and join AMAC or 60 plus or some of these other groups that are overtly conservative. You know, my, one of my mentors in politics was Ed Fulner, you know, the great uh, founder and president for many years of the Heritage Foundation. He used to say, if a company is not overtly conservative, they're liberal, (laughs) you know, and he's right, you know? And so um, I think it's going to be, I think if we start taking this seriously, they will start listening to us. Well, I appreciate your insight on that, as always. And I'm, I'm always constantly trying to learn more here. And it's interesting to dig super deep into some of the it's almost like a confessional reading through some of this filing report, because it's like, yeah. OK, if you know it, what are you Why doing you about it? Yeah, I know yeah. because they're not changing. Yeah. They aren't. We appreciate you know, and you. It's just it's really uh it's because their marketing people and their creative people have lost touch with real America. You know, it's sort of like this election that's coming up. I mean, Biden is, is, you know, representing a left wing culture and, you know, we, you and I and people listening to the show for the most part are for the traditional cultural values of our country. Yeah. And it's, it's time to, to do something with that power in America. The individual does have power. We need to remember that and we need to use that's it. That's right. Steve, thank you. We appreciate you. Okay. Talk to you See soon. Yanni, have a great week ahead. Yep, Take you care. too. Bye-bye. Steve Moore, the Distinguished Fellow in Economics at Heritage Foundation, a Trump economic advisor and author of the book, GovZilla, How the Relentless Growth of Government is Devouring Our Economy and Our Freedom. We're going to take a quick break, kind of continuing the topic at hand right now. Michael Seifert is going to be with us. He is the CEO, chairman, president, and founder, all of the above, for Public Square. Have you gone to Public Square yet and signed up? I have. And it's exactly what we were just talking about with Steve Moore. Shopping at places who are aligned with your values. Have you checked it out? Go to Public Square on the Internet. Download the app. Michael Seifert, the head guy there. When we come back, he's a St. Louis boy. We'll talk to him in just a minute.
customers knowing to be able to come to a place that has strong, solid, sound values. Um, many of them have said after coming here that they've really experienced that and felt it here. And knowing that we can align ourselves with other companies that have that same deep value system that we stand for as well, that has really built this country, is huge for us to be able to know that, wow, all these people, we all are on the same page, think the same, have the same desires, want to build America with a strong, solid foundation that our forefathers gave us. And it even makes doing our business even more worth doing. Well, at the beginning of the show today, when we were talking about what the RNC can do with the chair, chairperson position, what do you want them to see? One of the callers that we took said, we can't just say no to everything. We have to start looking for solutions. We have to start looking for alternatives. And I'm really excited to welcome Michael Seifert back on to the Annie Fry Show because he is one of those guys who said, I got a solution for that. He's the chief executive officer, chairman, president, and founder of Public Square. Go to publicsquare.com and follow along as we are talking here today. Michael, welcome back to a St. Louis radio show. It's good to have you back here. It is great to be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. You know, when I was I was just talking to Steve Moore, um, an, an economist that is advising President Trump on his campaign. But we were talking about how a lot of these companies that exist right now, big, big, big companies, they don't listen to what their consumers want. And if the consumers start pulling back from using them, usually they press harder first. And it gets to the point where you're like, why am I patronizing, investing, whatever it might be in a company that isn't listening to anything that matters to me as a consumer. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, I know that a lot of the folks that listen to this great show uh, are patriots. They want to make sure that their time, their energy, their resource is devoted toward creating a better country that's more in alignment with the classic liberties ascribed in the Constitution and protected by that wonderful document. It's very hard to secure that sort of future when we are funding companies that are uh, truly political organizations masquerading as free market actors. Uh, if you want some examples, you know, we talk about the 2020 election and whether or not it was uh, truly safe and secure or whether or not that was just a facade. <clears throat> we can uh, debate about that. But at the end of the day, something that is very out in the open is that Mark Zuckerberg invested $400 million in that election. Time magazine openly admitted that it was a rigged election by a cabal of actors. Time Magazine is owned by Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, one of the largest companies in the world that truly holds the keys to many American businesses. And so what we have to learn and recognize is that Corporate America has become weaponized as a political arm. They sway elections in their favor. They contribute to the candidates that they want to back. And if we want to stand a chance of securing liberty for the next generation, it has to extend beyond the ballot box. We actually have to recognize that every time I swipe my card, every time I fund a company or buy a product, I am also funding whatever they are going to use their profits on advancing. And so we created a solution called Public Square so that patriots in our country uh, would be able to fund companies that love this country and don't want to destroy it. They actually want to support free enterprise, excellence, meritocracy. They want to stand against DEI and ESG. And thankfully, that's helped us create this sort of parallel economic ecosystem where hopefully we can push back by helping folks not just vote at the ballot box, but also with their wallets. There's so much economic uh, benefit to what you've created, but there's also kind of, this is maybe 
the cherry on top, but there is an emotional benefit to going onto public square and pulling up the map where you can say businesses near me. You can you can separate it by category if you want. So if you're looking for someone to cut your hair, if you're looking for someone to work on your car, if you're working for looking for someone to paint your home, to know these people are my people. And when I invite them into my home and I hand them some of my hard-earned dollars, I'm not putting them in the hands of somebody who might actually hate and despise me while they're painting my home. To know that you're not so alone, every time I open the Public Square app, I have it on my phone, I have an account, and I have used it before to find people uh, for various services, I'm always just kind of hard. Like, I don't need all of these services, but I kind of want to go learn more about them and support them if I can. We had a, a person reach out recently who said, hey, I love you guys, but I'm also rather frustrated. I have blown out my budget this month uh, <laughs> because I've created these amazing relational connections as a part of these transactions. And that's exactly what you're talking about. We wanted to create an environment where folks could know that the most fundamental aspect of a transaction is protected in this exchange. And that's truly trust. If I don't trust the person I'm buying from, this transaction will not bear fruit. It's mm -hmm. the most fundamental element of finding a new real estate agent, getting a plumber to come to your house, buying a new product. You trust that what they're telling you is going to be accurate. What better way to assure trust than to have the same values, the same worldview? And you know, right now, Main Street specifically is under attack. The country has largely forgotten small business America. And one of the things we're proud to say is that we have 80,000 small businesses on our platform that all have aligned around these certain values in your communities so that you can revitalize Main Street again. The global supply chains are failing. People want American-owned and operated businesses that'll hold to these more conservative classical ideals. And uh, yeah, people love it when they see customer service reinvigorated into the transaction. I mean, Annie, that's something that has completely uh, gone the way of the dinosaurs the past decade. Customer service has just collapsed in this country, not on Public Square. Yeah. If you go to these businesses on Public Square, People are blessed all the time to receive handwritten letters of thanks from these small businesses. You just can't duplicate that experience, and it's needed now more than ever. Well, I encourage people listening right now to go to publicsquare.com or go to your app store, the Play Store, and find Public Square, download it, and set up an account right now. It's not just about, I mean, it's it's extra special to know that these people have aligned in, in a lot of different ways. Sometimes you want to just go into a place and just get the job done too. And and that yep. you're not safe from that when you if you if you need a new service, if you need to find a new contractor or a new provider of a product or a service and you go out into the wild wild west, more often than not, there are political overtures that are put in front of you that you have to bear that uh maybe you're like I just would like my tire to be fixed or whatever it might be and it's like why probably not at a tire store, but maybe some of these other places. And it's 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 so burdensome that it really I think is part of the cause why people shut down and don't want to stand up for their values. This is a really good way to not have to, you don't have to go to somewhere in public square and come in and be like Trump supporter. And you know, you're not sticking your hand out. It's bigger than that. It's broader than that. It's actually more granular than that to be able to just go somewhere, have a head nod, know that you're doing business with good people. Well, that's exactly right. There was a hardware store on public square. I went to last Saturday and I walked in and you would never think anything about politics when you walk in. It's just a good classic Americana-inspired hardware store. It's a local hardware store that helps you not have to feel like you're just funding the corporate oligarchy of Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever else you're stuck with. Instead, you get a real sense of local community. One thing I noticed when I checked out, no conversation around politics or anything like that, 
uh, I said, hey, I found you on Public Square. And he said, oh, God bless you. And that was it. That was an inter interaction. And That's I thought how cool it was. Yeah, it, it, it was. It said a lot in three words. And I think um, it's important for consumers to know that you're not supposed to be lectured about politics when you're trying to shop. Like that's not something we should become accustomed to, although it's become the way our American economy has been focused with Pride Month or whatever different political thing is happening. Um, Public Square is kind of a break from that. And what's cool is, Annie, is that while all the businesses on our platform largely share the same values, the consumer side is actually pretty diverse in ideology. In fact, um, we did a big research study of our consumer base, over 2 million people recently, and discovered that 26% of our members on the platform on the consumer side that are shoppers are actually registered Democrats. Wow. 22% are registered independents. Only 52% are registered Republicans. So uh, what's amazing is that this more conservative message of excellence and meritocracy and going back to the basics and supporting our constitution like they're, these businesses will never lecture you about gender ideology or any of that nonsense. That message is actually resonating with a wide array of Americans that cross even political boundaries, which I think shows you how frustrated Americans are with the status quo, but also how hopeful they are for a solution. And uh, that gives me a lot of hope every morning when I wake up and am reminded of of truly our opportunity here. We're speaking with Michael Seifert. He's the CEO of Public Square. Go to publicsquare.com or find Public Square in your app store and download it. I, I promise you, you'll be happy that you did. Uh, you've created value for businesses who are involved in a partnership with you. We have, you know, we, we, the radio is free. I always tell people you don't have to put the quarter in the machine to, to hear the Andy Fry show and it's one button and, and the Andy Fry show is gone. So we have a community here. It's kind of a similar uh, service where we talk about things, we stand for things and we are supported by people who align with those. Or the other thing is value the consumer that we speak to on a regular basis. That's how we, that's how I feed my children. So what do you say to those businesses out there that want to tap into that consumer through Public Square? What's the mechanism to making their business be listed on your platform? Well, it's very simple. You can head to publicsquare.com and you can either hit the account tab and you'll see a place where you can add your business. You can scroll down half the page and you'll see another call to action to add your business on the homepage there. We try to make it very uh, easy to discover throughout the process and it's free. It's free to join. So you actually begin to create your profile. You sign off on our core values, agreeing to respect those values, meaning you're not going to spend time, money, or resource antagonistically against those core values. Our team then does a vetting process for quality and values, hits the green button, and you're live on the platform. That generally happens within a few hours. It's very simple. only takes wow. about five minutes for the business to create its profile. And if you're an e-commerce business, you can actually link your products and you can sell them right there from our platform. I think for businesses to recognize that consumers want you, they want a differentiated marketplace experience. They are tired of feeling like they only have four options to shop from and they're all mega corporate entities that are in bed with a progressive government out of DC. That's what the world has kind of tried to convince us of. But in reality, Main Street, small business America is still what it exists as the backbone of our economy. And uh, Public Square exists to protect you all. So I, I've seen amazing success stories of small businesses that join the platform. They don't pay anything. They just have a free listing. And they're amazed by the traffic that they actually receive as an uptick 
Um, and uh, it's it's really refreshing to know that we have a ability, at least in a small part, to help those small businesses succeed. We need them now more than ever. Well, Michael Seifert, as I started the segment, there are people who uh, want to put up their hand and stop sign and say no and move on. And there are people who see problems and look for solutions. And you're a solution finder. And Public Square is a wonderful solution for consumers who want great service, great products, and don't want to get bullied in the process of just getting through the day and getting what they need to have get done. Thank you for being on with us. And I encourage folks to go subscribe, go to publicsquare.com or get the app on your app store. Michael, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Great to talk to you. Of course. I look forward to doing it again soon. That's Michael Seifert. He is the CEO, chairman, president, and founder of Public Square. I am a customer of it myself, a, a user. I enjoy looking through and when you go through, maybe somebody who you already patronize is on there. You're like, oh, okay. All right. And then you try to figure out when you can get back there. Publicsquare.com. Go check it out. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get Ryan Wiggins back in studio here in just a minute. Go vote on the Annie Fry YouTube live chat poll. We hear today, this morning, Ronald McDaniel will be stepping down after Super Tuesday. That's a week from tomorrow. Here's the YouTube live chat poll. Does it matter to you who serves as the party chairman? Yes. Or no? Let us know what you think. Leave a comment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. It's uh, Monday. I-, I think February is the longest month of the year. I'm pretty comfortable saying that out loud. Yeah, it's, I think the science supports that. Yes, the science does. Yeah. <laughs> it. I have felt, I have identified as mid-March for about two weeks now. It's not March. You're right. I, I have too, and I don't, I don't think it's just because it's a leap year. It, it seems like after Valentine's Day... February was over, and we should yeah. be well into March, if not April, by Ooh, now. Oh, I think you just pinpointed it for me. Valentine's Day was Catchers and Pitchers Report Day. Mm. I think that my brain just flips a switch then, and all we are in is cold spring, no longer warm winter. Doesn't hurt that it's been 70 and maybe 80 tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. That makes it feel like this is not February. My screen says it's 77 degrees on the left, and my screen on the right says temps to plummet. <laughs> no. I'm literally reading it. Not until right Wednesday. Not until Wednesday. Well, let's just see what the old Microsoft computer says. Well, if Microsoft says it, it must be true. It's manufactured. The weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really care. Temperatures to plummet on Wednesday. And oh. I quote. <laughs> so it is. Yeah. I like how it's going to be 81st, but the headline is it's going to get cold. Whoa. Yeah. Like what the 80 degrees is kind of a big deal. Computer have. It's real cranky. Yeah, it's going to m- possibly be a record-breaking day tomorrow. And <laughs> the headline is, well, get ready for bad weather. Yeah. <laughs> don't you love the don't get used to it people? Yeah. Is, aren't the don't get used to it people the worst? I can be that person sometimes, though. Well. <laughs> we all are that person at times, aren't we? It's it's very, um, uh... It's like, how stupid are you? That's the that's what I hear when you hear someone when someone says don't get used to it, I assume they think I'm really dumb. Like if if you said don't if you didn't say don't get used to it, I would have just lived a blissfully ignorant life until something crazy happened. Like it got cold on Wednesday. You know I, what I'm I, saying? I do, but I don't take that approach. I just think, oh, I was I was kind of looking forward to that moment that <laughs> I know it's not normal. But you just reminded me what is normal, and you're right. I should bring it back down. Are you a don't get used to a person? No. I'm just an enjoy it while it's there person. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so forlorn. No yeah, just enjoy it while it's there. 
because it's not going to be there forever. <laughs> Don't get used to it. He's talking into the sky when he speaks. Who's up there? I think that, it's that, God. That's the marijuana guy up there. No wonder uh, you feel so good and chill. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I know that the air feels clean right now, but I'm going to get used to it, guy. I'm just going to assume that the marijuana is going to come down pretty soon. Are you okay? <laughs> I was doing my Brad impression. This is inside baseball. There's somebody very in very close proximity to the 97.1 studio that isn't on our floor and doesn't work in our build. Like, and we have the, no idea who it's it not, is. It's not about working in our building. They're not... They're not 97.1 people or part They're of our system. They're not Odyssey people at all. And on the floor above us, they there's something going on. And mm. it's just, I actually don't even think that there's marijuana. I think they just have a marijuana smell machine. Yeah, it's a <laughs> and candle And they just turn it on and then it. it's just like, it's down to the 97.1. See if we can influence anything that they do or say. Last night was, or yesterday afternoon was the trivia night that we... Uh, my husband and I put together for the eighth grade class trip. We talked about this quite a bit. And Brad and Ryan both were at a table at the trivia night. And we had said on Friday, I'd asked you if you'd like to publicly grade me on it. And you, yeah. you said you did. I did. I I kept track of not only our score, but your score. Oh, okay. As a scorekeeper. <laughs> did I win or lose? Uh, the, the hard part is that I knew going into this that you would think through the whole day pretty well. So you set a high bar for yourself. That's the problem. And then you achieved that. And so I came in with my expectations met. So <laughs> is that a compliment? I think so. Does it hurt? I don't know. Yeah, a little bit it because itchy? it was it was a pretty good trivia night. Like if I if I didn't know you and I just walked in completely cold and was like, oh, okay. Let's do a trivia night. I would have thought, man, those are some pretty creative categories. Uh-huh. And the questions were, it was like so, so thought through <laughs> that you'd go, dang, the person had to put in a lot of effort because I've been to some trivia nights where there's a lot of uh, back and forth about, oh, these are too easy or these are too hard or there are multiple answers to mm-hmm. questions at times. I mean, I deal with that with X's and O's. I got to make sure yeah. that what I'm asking is so specific. I was kind that of annoyed be one when answer. I found out you were going to be there because I was going to lean on to some X's and O's resources for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at least like a category. Yeah. Everybody was annoyed when they found out I was going to be there. <laughs> Especially your wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was, a, it was a long afternoon and she spent it with the kids and I spent it having fun. Um, <laughs> she had good, fun too. For a good cause. Yeah, for a good for a good cause. It was a, it was a good trivia night. I mean, I guess not night. It was afternoon, which I think is the highlight. I'll tell you what, <laughs> having it in an afternoon, I'm not mad about that at all. I said this last week too, that at about round eight, people go, <sighs> "What round is this?" And yeah. then you go, "Oh man, we still got two more." That happened, but you looked at the clock and you went, "Ah, it's only five. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't as big of a deal. So that does make a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I think going forward, if people do nighttime now, and maybe this isn't you, maybe you want to do a late night. That's fine, too. But if you don't, if you're not trying to keep there, just plan on if you're starting at six or seven, you're going to be there till 11 or midnight. It's you, a lot. You have to know that going into it. And I've been to ones where they only did seven or eight categories oh, really? and they weren't. And so it, it was kind of. They, it was like a, a fifteen-hole golf tournament. Don't you, know? you feel like? Don't you feel like you're missing out though a little bit if you get to seven or eight and that's it? it no, not entirely. If they say ahead of time this is what it is, depends on how. It depends on the quality of the night. 
Yeah, yeah. If it, if it's a, if it's a very very, I, I've been to trivia nights where the trivia was like a sport, and those you feel like you miss some out mm-hmm. on something because you're very competitive. I've also been to trivia nights where it's a chicken and beer dance. Yes, and, <laughs> and there's trivia happening. And there, yeah, there just yeah. so happens to be trivia in those. Nobody really cares. You're just there, kind of drinking and eating, catching up with your random people you haven't seen in a long time. Brad was there. You supervised Ryan well. Yeah, didn't embarrass su- the family. Supervised him. He made me laugh. He made made our table laugh. Made you cry. He uh, range yeah, of emotions. He contributed. Brad range of emotions. He talked Will Sharf out of a good correct answer into an incorrect answer. Nice job. Yeah, I did. I wrote a U.S. Constitution category, and then on Friday, <laughs> Brad's like, "Hey, I asked Will Sharf if he'd be at my table. Is that okay?" And I was like. I don't care. Is there a reason why that would be a problem? <laughs> and, I, and then I had I had two categories written. I had one for math, mm. and I knew Terry is like a very elite math teacher. Brad's wife. Brad's wife. And I wrote that out, and I thought, I'm not changing it. And then I had Constitution. One of them was Washington D.C. and and they were all they were all centered around. Um the idea that we were going on an eighth grade class trip. So I wanted the categories to constantly shine a light back on the eighth graders who were taking this Washington DC class trip that these people came to this trivia night to help them. That's the point is that we're here to raise money for these kids. And, um, I, I, I that slang category. That was fun. I, I did a slang category. That was hard. Well, it really depends on who you are. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, it's you are either a hundred percent or zero percent. I was zero. You, I, <laughs> I, I think I might have. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It was very difficult. I was really nervous about it. And one of the things that we did was you could pay ten dollars a round and hire an eighth grader to come help you with that round. Super smart, creative thing yeah, to do. Excellent. It, job. it really was creative and it made the eighth graders participate yeah. instead of be bumps on the log which is the natural state of existence of a 14 year old person yeah it's just that they're like Ugh. i'm just like too mm-hmm. uninterested in this for it to even exist <laughs> no they were the kids were great and uh i hope helpful we had a spelling category that's <laughs> first time i ever seen that's what i mean is the categories were creative I don't there, know there that were categories I would, I've never seen. I don't, if I weren't doing one centered around a class trip or a specific class purpose like that, I don't know that I would be like, hey, it's a spelling bee. But I, the, I've never seen a math category before. Yeah. And I mean, it was just math equations. Well, no, it was not. <laughs> Mostly. No, it was not. Fill in the blank with quotes. That was cool. Thank right. you. Ryan, we before. had two math qu- teachers on our te- on our yes. team. It was fine. Well, yeah, we didn't. Pre- yeah, we were just like go we for it. We just kind of slid that one over, and we cracked jokes. The I whole have time. all this. I have all the. I haven't gone and looked at the score sheet. I needed some time away from trivia night for the last probably fifteen hours. I'm gonna go see how people did in these categories. I'm gonna see how you guys did in these categories. Yeah. All right, two o'clock hour. Go vote in the YouTube poll. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com.